0: Alright ladies and gentlemen episode 57 of the podcast with Esperancita and I feel like we talked about a lot of important topics that aren't really talked about such as uh, healing generational trauma and we also talked about how her early childhood experiences shaped her um, to become the person that she is today and uh, yeah we talked about a lot of things so I hope you guys enjoy this one and uh, comment down below Leave a like and subscribe. Peace. I've a yeah, 12 Pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, th- like the camera quality is insane.
1: Yeah, dude, it definitely. I will say, I, I was such a huge fucking snob for a while. Um, like I'd be like, "Fuck iPhone." No. I'm all about Google. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like Google products, Androids, and then I fucking I got a, a Google Pixel. Yeah. And I thought it was like the coolest fucking thing ever. I thought I was such like a. Like, I was, I'm telling you, I was such a snob. Why
0: did you, what was it about that phone that you liked?
1: Um, I don't know. I kind of just like, just the fact that the operating system was oh, different, I see. you know? You, it. I just really fucked with Android in no. general and like the Google Pixel. Um, At that time, like, I just, you know, like I'm, I have Google Drive. I use Google oh, for everything. Yeah, I it see. just made
0: sense. yeah, yeah.
1: And um, I was like, yeah, I really wanted to be a, like a vlogger, and I was like, I need, to, I need to get a phone with a good camera. And the Pixel, I don't know why, I just thought it was like the best phone. And then I switched to iPhone, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I everything been is on just iPhone, so yes. like uh,
0: the way the ecosystem is. It's like you can airdrop stuff. You yeah. can like. it's so much yeah so much better
1: yeah no it's it's really it's really funny looking back at it now that i have an iphone because i feel like an iphone is really a good tool for like creators yeah i I think it's it's definitely the ideal phone for
0: creators for sure and then when you were over here i saw you vlogging too are you still (laughs) are you still i remember the last time you were here with that last session
1: i pulled out my phone (laughs) let's (laughs) go
0: <laughs> no, We're getting yes. some content. Yes. What yes. kind of camera is that?
1: Um, this is the uh Nikon. So, sorry, not Nikon. I don't know what the fuck I said that. <laughs> the Sony ZV1. It's like a low ass camera. Like it's 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 um. When I first got it, um, I got it because I wanted to get a DSLR. But uh-huh. I couldn't really afford a DSLR, and I I was just like looking into cute little. You know, compact cameras, and yeah. this one came
0: up. Yeah. Now I that like you it. say that, like, um, I remember getting a credit card. And, you know, I think it, the max was like five hundred dollars, and I bought a DSLR with that.
1: Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, it was like Damn. the
0: Canon, like T three I or something oh, like okay, that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was like when I was like eighteen, so that was probably like, like five, six, five, or five, six years ago. Damn. And yeah, photography has been a passion of mine as well. And uh for you, what is it about photography or vlogging that you really enjoy
1: um well honestly i've dude i'm just all about fucking moments like i i love being able to like look back at a moment and look i have so much footage i have so much footage whether it's on my pixel or my iphone or this camera like i just have so much footage of just me being with people that i fuck with or Mm -hmm. just me even me being by myself and like i love visuals i love like anything that evokes that emotion or like of that anything that brings me back to that moment like i i i just love and so like when i first was looking into getting this camera um i was more focused on the aspect of like i want to be able to create 4k video without having to have a dslr camera um now i'm starting to realize (laughs) it didn't even matter i like i think this camera was definitely not a necessary investment i could have used my phone i could have kept using my phone because like i mean i have all this 4k footage but like i don't take the time to edit it <laughs>
0: Dude, well that and then what a uh, 4k takes so much space on the on the yes. memory card
1: i'm starting to see that now
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i'm starting to see that now i'm barely catching on like fucking a year later but it's okay
0: <laughs> Dude, 4K, i feel like 4k is still kind of new like people aren't really using 4k yeah well, you're at right. least at least on the iPhones they are, but um, as far as DSLRs and like stuff video like editing, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, even like uh, processing and editing it, editing four yeah. K takes like yeah a lot of power.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um,
0: but like you, adding on to what you're saying, uh, the memories and stuff like you can have memories stored in a in a hard drive. That's that just blows my mind.
1: Yo, it's fucking crazy because like if you think about it. I mean, I don't have any old, uh, like, footage from when... Thank you. There you go. Thanks, dude. Uh (laughs) With my short ass. (laughs) Um, I don't have a lot of, like... Like, I remember when I was young, my dad had this, like, camcorder. And he would pull it out for, like, everything. He would take videos of us. And, like, he'd take... We'd always have, like, those disposable cameras. Like, and... um. At one point, I even remember him having a Polaroid camera and it was just like, I don't know where any of that equipment is. Like, I don't know what happened to it. I just don't have any memories from I remember him like, you know, taking uh, those images and those videos and stuff, but I never saw them because I don't know what happened to them. And Mm. so now as I get older um and i have my own child he's four years old i want to be able to just document everything mm. and like it's funny because like if you look back into my google like that's one of the reasons why i fucking loved google because um at the time um i had like a little ipod and <laughs> like way before i could ever afford getting myself my own um cell phone i had this ipod that which I which ipod just
0: was that the, the touch of the nano yeah it was the touch? ipod touch yeah okay
1: I can't remember exactly which one it was. I was literally I was like, I was like 13 years old. And um, I would just like, you know, wherever I could connect it to the Wi-Fi. That's how I was connected (laughs) to people. You know, I had a fucking text free number. I'd text people on and shit. Yeah. And so I started taking lots of pictures and stuff, which were like the worst quality ever, of course, on a fucking iPod. And um, I started storing them on Google Photos. And I realized, like, oh, shit, I could just keep using Google Photos. And, like, I love how, like, intuitive it is, how you can just go in and, like, search pictures up by people's faces and, like, by dates and stuff. Like, it, it's just, it's really cool. It's It keeps everything organized. And I think that's what I love about living in this age is just how easy it is to store all of that, you know? Yeah. It could go both ways, though, because I feel like I have too much footage and photos and, like, it's it's a lot of clutter. Yeah. But it's okay because, like, if I'm ever gone, my son's going to have, like, all this stuff to look through, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He could really go down to rabbit hole home and be like, yo, what the fuck was my mom doing? And yeah. find out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's actually one thing, too, is uh organizing all the footage. Do you have... Do you have uh, issues with that? Yeah, <laughs> cuz I do too.
1: I am just not an organized person yeah. at all. So that's definitely something. It's funny cuz I always I always tell myself it's going to be different. Like if I like when I first got this camera I was like, "Yes, I'm going to organize all the footage like it's going to be great." But no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have them all kind of just stored on a I bought like this external hard drive and I just have them all stored in there nice. in folders. I guess so it is it is organized. By dates, um, but I just need to go in and like scrub through that footage to see uh-huh. what I should keep and what I shouldn't. Oh,
0: okay. But as
1: of right now, anytime I fill up a memory card, I kind of just like transfer it to that hard drive, clear it up, and then get some more footage. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. I guess as a kid, so photography has been in your life for a long time. Uh, did you? So, and your your father, fo- your dad, inspire that? Uh, was there any like? Uh, were you watching youtube or well, yeah yeah dude. a lot hell
1: yeah yeah i grew up like watching vloggers like of all sorts all all sorts of creators not just like photography or videography um but just all sorts of creators and um i think there's definitely i'm 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 a huge romantic dude like i'm a huge fucking romantic i love that feeling of nostalgia i love being able to talk about just <laughs> you know just everything and i feel like that's just one aspect of it um but yeah i definitely grew up watching a lot of vloggers and like even like um <laughs> i remember like growing up and wanting to be a blogger before i wanted to be a vlogger, vlogger. yeah like <laughs> like back in my tumblr days because oh like, shit
0: tumblr dang. yeah
1: tumblr was a whole different it was. like it really <laughs> it like it's still that like um that like uh mentality of like wanting to be a certain aesthetic you know no, for sure yeah <laughs> so, you'd follow
0: people like you'd be scrolling and you'll see like a dope-ass photo and you will but you'll be like wow that's, that's i like that tight. vibe <laughs> yeah it's a vibe <laughs> that's yeah, my yeah. new identity
1: love <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah yeah um yeah i've definitely been Im- inspired in lots of ways but um but not just for videography or photography just like i said just like living in the moment mm. romanticizing that <laughs>
0: Um, did you, gr- uh, did you grow up in Santa Maria?
1: Yeah, actually. Yeah. Well, I grew up, I was born in Santa Maria. Um, and then I, we moved to Lompoc when I was about like eight years old. Um, and then I started school there and then I grew up in Lompoc from like eight years old until I was, um, about 12 or 13. Yeah. About 13 years old. And then, um, I moved back to Santa Maria and I went to, uh, high school in Santa Maria and i've been there since
0: has the kind of moving around kind of messed with being able to like kind of hold on to friends or did you yes a hundred
1: percent you know what that's a really big topic and i feel like because um my family never had like i've i've it's always lacked like my home life ever since i was a little girl has always lacked stability Like, I never had, um, apart from, like, my mom always being there, like, she was, like, she was always, um, for the most part, she was the one who always had custody of me because my parents um, weren't together. But but my dad was, like, my rock, which is really ironic because he wasn't there a lot because, you know, my mom had custody of me. But, yeah, we were constantly, like, moving around. I, I hated being the new kid at school, and it was, like, It was a constant for me because my mom wasn't in the best relationship. So we would kind of bounce back between like, oh, we're going to go back home. Um, And her brothers lived in Santa Maria. So whenever Mm. like shit hit the fan in Lompoc with her, you know, with her man, we would kind of run to Santa Maria because that was where our support system was. And that's where my dad stayed at, too. So luckily my parents always had like a great relationship regardless of whether they were romantically involved or not yeah um and th- in that in that sense i did have that stability um we could always count on my dad if if shit hit the fan and yeah there was a few times we had to move back to santa maria and then like we would tell ourselves like oh well my mom would tell us that like okay you know like this is it we're gonna live in santa maria this is gonna be our new life we're turning a new page and then we would be back in Lompoc Mm. and so it kind of like I have like bittersweet memories of growing up in Lompoc because of that but I mean at the end of the day like I still talk to a a good amount of friends that I had in Lompoc um one of them is actually I would consider him my longest friendship and I call it like I call him my bestie he's my best (laughs) friend like I've known him since Lompoc days and now that I'm living in Santa Maria and trying to build my own life like it's it's really cool to be able to look back at that but that's a really big topic, because it's funny. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about that on the way here. I was what, like, damn. Because, like, um, I just, like, I love the drive here. I love driving here. And I've been traveling here more often, like, to this area, Oxnard-Ventura area. And I just, I love driving to L.A. from Santa Maria. I love the Central Coast. And mm. I was thinking to myself, like, do I want to stay in Santa Maria? Or, like, because I've always imagined myself uh, moving to L.A. Yeah. Like, it just made sense to me. But the more I travel here, I'm like, fuck, no, I think I want to <laughs> move to like Ventura Oxnard area because like yeah. it's just like it's not home, but it's not L.A. It's but so it's low like, key. Yes, it's not L.A.
0: Exactly. like that L.A. life. It's yes. low key.
1: Yes, exactly. And so I was just thinking about it. I was like, damn, you know what? I'm 24 years old. My son's about to start school. Like if I really am considering it, I should probably get on that soon. That way he, my son could grow up in one place and Mm. have what I didn't have, you know? Have that stability of like not having to move schools all the time because, you know, of whatever reason. Like, I just hated being the new kid. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And And I really don't want my son to experience that. But at the end of the day, I know that if, you know, life doesn't work out that way, that as long as we work on the core foundation at home, that it'll be strong, or that he'll be okay. That he'll be able to um, experience those um, experiences without uh, much pain. I guess I should say.
0: Mm, yeah, because uh, growing up as a kid, and I relate to you in the fact that I really didn't have that much stability in my life. So growing up as a kid, and you going through that, it really, um, it really affects you in ways that like, you, like. Em- you're a kid so you really don't know what's going on yeah and it's like yo my parents are fighting like what that's yeah. that's crazy yeah and uh i think it it uh instills sort of trauma in your life and you oh, kind of yeah, have to go through definitely. that work through that growing up
1: yeah and it's really interesting cuz like i'm the eldest daughter and well at least from like my so it's i'm the oldest and then it's my brother and then it's my sister and then i have um another brother and sister that are younger than all three of us and they they have a different dad so like it's me my brother and my sister we all had the same dad um and then when my sister was really young when i was eight years old so my sister would have been like four years old my parents split up um and after that um my mom got together with this man who was abusive but he's the father of um two of my siblings and so Like it's really interesting um, being the eldest and it's also frustrating because like I feel like I have that parental obligation to guide my siblings to a path that's going to be the best for them. Mm -hmm. And I've only recently started to realize that like I can't always control every aspect of their life, um, especially like when it comes to overcoming that trauma, because like they each have their own perception of Mm -hmm. what. We lived, you know, like my sister was four years old. I was eight years old when we moved to Lompoc. I mm. like she remembers that time very differently from how yeah. I remember it, you know. Yeah. And I was a lot more um, like aware of the situation than she was. So it's like it's two different perspectives. It's it's many different perspectives because there's five of us, you know. And um. so I think the biggest frustration for me is like growing up and like uh, trying to assume that responsibility of like okay I'm overcoming my trauma so now I have to help my siblings overcome theirs and it's kind of hard because like as much as I would love to be able to do that like I can't like go inside their brain Mm -hmm. and rewire it you know what I mean like there's a lot of internal work that has to be done and I feel like I've gotten to a place where I have a good head on my shoulders in that sense where I, I have an outlet to heal myself through I have a good support system I have like I have a good like um, I have a really good um, like internal dialogue about the whole Mm. situation, you know, and I feel like that's something that my siblings, not all my siblings can, um, I don't know, I guess, relate to. So it's it's kind of a weird it's, it's a weird journey.
0: Well, and also uh, one thing that I learned from just that whole experience with growing up as well is uh, how it taught me to be self-sufficient and, yeah, like, like uh, not try and rely on people, you know? Yep.
1: Dang. That's kind of, that's, you know what? um, It's, (laughs) I look back at that now and I'm grateful I had those experiences I did because I am very self-sufficient in the sense of like. Growing up, if I wanted to do anything, like, yeah. I, I would do it myself. Like, Yeah, I, and
0: I see it like what you're doing with uh, your Etsy shop, with music. It's like vi- videography, you're doing it yourself, you know?
1: Yes, I I think it's a really big part of, like, I don't, I, I think it could be a both a, a like, a, it definitely is something that drives me and motivates me every day, but it's a huge opportunity as well because I feel like, it takes me a long time to get to a mind space where I can be like, okay, I need help, (laughs) you know? Mm. Like, okay, I have this vision that's a little bit too big for my expertise to create, so I need to I guess like reaching out and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, outsourcing. Yeah. Yeah, reaching out to people, collaborating. Um, That's always been like an opportunity of mine, which I feel like this year, I've been branching out a little bit more, so.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, at least with... Uh, creating you're doing a lot of stuff and is it just because i see like some sort of a spiritual side of you as well like that's yeah. from what i see yeah. um so where does that where does that come from
1: um well you know what it's i spent so much of my life just kind of like distracted by like ab- ab- absorbed by all of the trauma and the emotions that came with that like the pain um And I would like to consider, like, I always refer to, like, the first um, stages of that trauma as, like, me being unaware. Like, even though I was in those moments and I was present for those moments and I did experience those emotions, I feel like it was really hard for me. Like, it's it's like I lacked that part of me that was able to look inward, that, like, introspective (laughs) side of me. Like, I didn't gain that until, like, way later in my life. And was so, there, like, a
0: certain moment or, like, a certain
1: it was thing kind that of, you
0: remember? Or was it gradually? Yeah,
1: no, it was, well, I, I would say, I guess, gradually. I mean, I lost my dad. He passed away when I was a sophomore in high school. So I was 15 years old, um, and I lost my dad. And he was, my dad was definitely the person who, like, who taught me a lot of things. Like, he taught me a lot of things. Like, my mom, she taught me the basics, like, how to feed myself, how to, you know. Like, she taught me the basic survival stuff. Mm. But my dad was the one who, like, planted the seed for, like, like, whenever I loved to read when I was younger. And he would buy me books, you know. Oh, he was okay. the one who, like, signed me up for the library because my mom didn't, like, have the time or the energy to, like, go sign me up for the library, you know. Mm. Um, like, my dad was the one who really, like, nurtured that um, that side of me. And so um like when I lost him I was I was like doing some really terrible things like I was just being rebellious um I was like sneaking out a lot I would always get caught ditching class and smoking pot and like drinking and like it was it was really bad like I was I was putting my mom through a lot because she didn't understand why I was lashing out because she was still kind of in the process of acknowledging the trauma that she had experienced and in turn and in turn um, you know exposed her children to and I feel like my mom's still kind of in that in that uh, stage of her Mm. life where she's like barely like acknowledging it but um, it wasn't until like four years after my dad passed away that like because okay when my dad passed away he went into a coma like we knew he was sick from when I, since I was like really young because um, he had cirrhosis of the liver mm-hmm. and he lived with it for a really long time. But I remember like going to parties and stuff and and like um, it, w- it was like a constant uh, topic of conversation amongst my family that my dad was sick. So like I always knew it was there and it it got to the point where like. Um, Since my parents were together like whenever my dad would come pick me up and then like he would drive home Like if he didn't call me, I would get scared because I thought like oh "Oh, shit I just lost my dad, you know, yeah Like I was always on edge thinking like I'm gonna lose my dad one day like Mm -hmm. I just I just know it and um, It's because we were all aware that he was sick Mm -hmm. and then when he was finally passing away like I was kind of like Like in the beginning stages I, I would care a lot for my dad and I would like look after him and I was I was like really really um like in like i was present i was more present and then as i started getting older i started getting um a little lost in you know in in, in really bad coping mechanisms so like mm. hanging out with the bad crowd and then like just like you know indulging in stuff that i shouldn't have been indulging then in at that time mm-hmm. in my life like those were very important formative years that i should have spent like I look back obviously when you're older it's really easy to look back and be like oh i should have done this and i should have done that but in those moments you know it's hard to do that
0: Uh, yeah yeah Yeah.
1: because you're like how do i explain it it? yeah you're
0: just in the moment yeah yeah Yeah.
1: and so it's like all those bad experiences like kind of like you know it it drained me and then i got to a point where like so my dad went when he passed away um we already knew it was coming like I remember we were planning my quinceanera and my dad would like whenever we would talk about my quinceanera, my dad would be like, baby girl, like don't plan for me to be here because like I know I'm going to die soon. Like I just know it. And I would always like brush it off because like I grew up telling myself like, oh, my dad's going to die soon. And so I got to a point where I was like, nah, like I started repressing that. And so whenever he would, like, vocalize these concerns, like, hey, like, you know, I need to, like, mentally prepare you for what's about to happen, I would kind of be like, Dad, you're silly. Like, you're not going to die. Like, don't think like that. Like, think Mm. positive. Like, it was very... it it was, like, a a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And then when he actually, like, got sick and he landed in the hospital, like, the last day, um, he was actually, like, conscious and alive and, like, having a conversation was, with us was on his birthday. And, um, like, at that time, he was already really sick and he should have been, like, on a different diet. He should have had to live a different lifestyle, like, something that would have made, like, the last few, you know, like, months the last couple years of his life like a lot more relaxing but he was still working he was working construction like he was still eating the foods that he shouldn't have been eating that are not that great for your body when you're supposed to be healing or at least recovering you know at least resting and like so his last meal um was enchiladas and like that has a lot of spice in it you know Mm -hmm. so like i just remember like us having like our last meal together and like um, the next day he just didn't wake up and he was in the hospital for like two weeks, um, on life support and then he passed away. Mm. And during those two weeks, I mourned him. Like I, I just knew it was the end, you know? And, um, oh my God, it, I always get so like emotional about it because like I was like, I, I had the opportunity to talk to my dad and, and really like pick his brain and understand oh, yeah. things, you know? But like, I didn't because I wasn't in that mindset. And it's crazy because like, I mourned him throughout those two weeks. And then when I when we got the call that my dad passed away, it was very like, like it was so numbing. I, I couldn't even react. And then like, you know, his funeral and everything, like it wasn't until four years later that I like all of those emotions just hit me all at once, hmm. and I don't know what it was, but it was like a switch. It was literally like it felt like one day I I was just kind of like mindlessly living life, um, you know, walking this path just blind, <laughs> and then the next day I like I let like, missing puzzle piece that allows me to like be introspective and to analyze that part of you know analyze my experience just being a human like and and like to accept the fact that my perception is really all in here Mm -hmm. you know my experience in life it's it's all based off of your own perception and so like it finally clicked for me and like when was this again this was when i was like 19 or 19 years old i started like being more passionate i started getting into art um i had i was taking like an art class when i was in high school and i just like i started hanging around friends that like i was in drama also i was in the drama club and like before hanging out with the drama uh with my drama club friends i was hanging out with like other friends that didn't really nurture that side of me Mm -hmm. and so having that exposure to other people who have that understanding you know who have the ability to be introspective and to apply whatever it is that they're finding out within themselves to their lives like that definitely nurtured a side of me that allowed me to reconnect with my father because Mm -hmm. i basically lived four years kind of numbing myself um, trying to repress the fact that i didn't have my father you know mm. like just indulging in like really bad coping mechanisms and shit and when i say that like i mean i still smoke you know no, yeah, it's yeah. definitely but it's different because I, I well it was
0: sort of like a re- like a rebellious yes. or like just a way to numb or yes not think about what yes. you were going through at exactly the time. exactly
1: yeah so that switch right there like was pretty monumental to me and then from there like it's it's just been a journey like I, I would consider that the beginning of my spiritual journey you know when i was 19 years old and then i had my child and i went through postpartum depression and that was another part of like what really um like pushed me further into my spiritual journey mm. and so yeah it's been a journey ever since
0: um so when, when you had that switch that happened do you remember, like what it was that w- was it hey i'm I'm living my life in a certain way, I shouldn't be doing this anymore, or was it like like I need to start doing uh, more stuff that I love to do?
1: Yeah, it was kind of all of that, yeah, to be honest, like, um, I was getting really into art. I started learning about um just uh, spirituality in general, um, and like, like reading books, like yeah. were you reading books. Well, I was more because okay, I I we went to church a lot when I was young, and we my mom's Catholic and my dad was Catholic too, um, but he wasn't big on like church or anything. And then at the time when I was in high school, I was um, dating this guy who was Christian, and he would take me to youth groups with him. And so that kind of opened the door for me to question religion. I mean, I would always question like <laughs> being in church. I would always have these questions like, why are we here in church? Like, like as I a don't, kid, yeah, I, yeah, I did my confirmation. I did my first communion, like, um, you know, Bible study, all of that. Like we we did it. And like anytime I was in those classrooms, I always felt so like I just like it felt so like unreal like i i it, it just like
0: Well, wow, that's that's interesting
1: i i just couldn't believe like it it's so it's so i don't know how to explain it like I, i would kind of like sit back with this like really arrogant mind view of like what are we doing here? Like, really we're like studying this. Like it was never something that I felt passionate about. Mm. And it wasn't until I started getting older that I started really questioning like, okay, well, why did I feel that way? You know? That,
0: well, I, that's exactly how I felt with going to school. Like, cause when I was in school, I, I was like, wh- like, uh, why am I here? Yeah. Why are they trying to teach me stuff that I really don't, uh, that I'm not passionate about? Yeah. um, so yeah that's yeah i can relate to that
1: no yeah it i feel like i think that's definitely something that like as humans <laughs> we could definitely work on um is you know the public school system and just in general what we're exposed to from like a really young age what's that what, what did you what we're exposed to oh from, exposed, like, yeah. yeah from a really young yeah. age because like there's a lot of stuff that I feel like is pushed on us, and then stuff that is really not introduced to us that should be, you know, like self-care. I think that's a For really sure. big that one, you know one. like mental health. I yeah. think that's a huge one too. And I think even just like spirituality as well, like I think yeah,
0: um how do like taxes?
1: Oh, my God, like, dude. Uh, for real, money
0: management?
1: Yes, money management. <laughs> Damn, dude, I'm 24 years old, and I'm getting to the place where I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I needed to learn money management because as of right now, I kind of just throw my money away, bro. Uh, <laughs>
0: That's how I live. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: With my like, fucking $4 cup of coffee.
0: Uh-huh. Fuck it. Sponsor the podcast, Starbucks.
1: sponsor the podcast. Starbucks hey, <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Espresso.
0: But... I kind of want to get your opinion on just like the religion part of it growing up, or your just your perspective. Um, was it you being there and you questioning religion? Uh, did like did that kind of shape your views on uh, spirituality today? Like how did like?
1: I think it definitely. Um, so I, f- I, th- I think I've always been curious, um, and that definitely like going i'm glad that i did my first communion i'm glad i did my confirmation i'm glad that my mom um you know pushed me to do these things because it was her religion um and because that's the way she was raised like i'm I'm glad because um i apply a lot of those beliefs to my life whether i identify with that religion or not you know catholicism um and would you say
0: like or those some are those beliefs that you implement so, today?
1: So even like with Christianity, like going to youth group and like, you know, um having those daily conversations, um, it's not necessarily from either or religion, but just being a kind person, you mm. know, um, trying to be my best to not be judgmental, like, um <laughs> just being open and loving with people and like respectful and when I was when I was a lot younger like I think my mom had this like I don't want to call her a hypocrite because my (laughs) mom's not a hypocrite she's just learning you know I don't want to put her in that box but um I didn't understand why we would go to church on Sundays and like you know live by like these commandments on Sundays but then like go back to our regular life and she would do stuff that didn't quite align with the religion and I I would like question myself I'd be like you know that's what religion is like I would I would tell myself like that's what religion is it's just a bunch of hypocrites like I had such an arrogant view on it and then like looking back at it now um I realized that religion is honestly, it's just a guideline, you know, for Mm -hmm. people. Everyone has their own moral compass. Like everyone has their own way of doing stuff. And I kind of like growing up, um, I started reading a little bit about Buddhism and I started reading a little bit about like, like it was, it was here and there. I never, I never really fully dived, um, into any specific religion, but I just knew that there was an open mind. I had an open
0: mind
1: and I would for a long time throughout like the last few years of, uh, being a teenager i would call i would tell myself that i was agnostic i'd be like okay i don't believe in god but i believe i don't believe in the god that my mom believed in but i believe that there is a higher source you Mm. know a higher power yeah and that's kind of evolved throughout the years like i kind of just um implement um like i really believe in like Dude, I love saying this so much because <laughs> it just it like it boils down to how I move and what I believe and, you know, but you when you give abundance, you receive abundance. Mm. And that's kind of how I, I apply it to everything. Mm. And like I literally I made it a sticker like I let go. Yeah, I sell it on my <laughs> Etsy shop. <Hell> yeah. <laughs> give abundance, <laughs> receive abundance. And like it's just it's how I move. And it's it it's what I want to instill in my son, too, you know, and. That like being selfless and just uh, being kind to people, whether they need it or not, um being able to just give without expecting to receive because you know that the universe is gonna give back to you in one way or another because you're giving that out there, you know,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm sorry, uh, I don't think I answered your question I don't no know question this
0: was. is the this <laughs> is the whole podcast, we're going on tangents <laughs>
1: okay, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so. I hear it in the music too where you talk to, I think you talk about uh breaking generational trauma and yes. stuff. Yeah. So that's a big one. and I see you and your what you're doing to to your son and um you're teaching him all this stuff. So Yeah. Um I yeah. think that's really cool. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's
1: a big one. I think that's one of the beautiful things about music is it's really taught me that like even just um elaborating those thoughts even just literally take the act of writing whether it's on my phone or on you know on a piece of paper of writing these rhymes this poetry that is um you know communicating to whoever else can relate to it that you can heal through it that you can grow through it you know um and teach coming generations the same thing because like it's not taught to us you know I feel like growing up the mentality like it's it's so interesting being a parent in this day and age well I mean obviously growing up and becoming a mom is a completely different experience like you know going to parties and like to family parties and family gatherings and just like conversing with family members it's a whole different experience from when I was a kid growing up and like kind of being cast out of like oh you're just a kid your opinion doesn't matter Mm. but like ever since i was a little girl like little things like okay we would be out and about and my mom would be like oh look at that lady her outfit like is making her look fat and stuff like that like Mm. i don't want to make my mom no no no, no, (laughs) no. but like you know little like super low vibrational thoughts like that um, I would always try and stop her. I'd always tell her, like, Mom, you don't know what she's going through. What if that's the only shirt she has? Like, Or, like, what if she has a disease that doesn't let her lose weight? Or, like, mm-hmm. what if she doesn't have enough money to sustain herself healthily? Like, I've always had thoughts like those, but I felt like it those that type of thinking was never nurtured, um, uh, unless it was, like, by my dad. And so I feel like, a lot of our family's dynamics um and i'm talking extended family not just like my immediate family Mm -hmm. has been very um low vibrational because of the fact that they all endured a lot of trauma together and never addressed it Mm -hmm. and overcame it and everyone kind of just coped with it in their own ways and like i Mm -hmm. don't sit here on a like i'm not putting myself on like this you know um i'm not like looking down on my family because they did that like i understand i have like i have that and you know like I, I lived it i know i yeah. understand why they operate at that frequency yeah. but it's like now that i'm older and i do have a say it's different mm-hmm. and i'm connecting with family members in ways i've never connected with before because it's it's really crazy to me like my family supports me and I absolutely fucking love that. And it's not because they think I'm going to be rich or they think I'm going to get out there and do. No, they support me because they enjoy what I'm saying. They understand that, like, I've gotten to a point where, like, I've formed a really important um, perspective that can possibly, that might, even po- I'm I guess no one has like actually vocalized this to me mm. but I, it's my understanding based off of the conversations that I've had with multiple family members that oh. have been like yo I support what you're doing because of this and that you know
0: oh, okay and so
1: like I I feel like it's kind of um like I feel like I'm in the right place it, I just mm. I feel like I'm doing the right thing at the right time and it's just I'm so excited for the future because of it um whether it be you know my immediate family's future or my extended family's future like it's just i feel like we are all going down the right path and it took a little while Mm. but i think music is definitely helping me get there
0: for sure how i see it also is that growing up our parents um the whole american dream was to go to school get a job uh follow like a linear path yes and that's basically just how they were raised and grew up and yeah. for us we have more technology we yeah. have the internet we have stuff yeah. that we can really uh we we can uh pretty much do ourselves you yeah. know and uh that's amazing how yeah. like the time we're living in it's it's awesome
1: dude it's crazy right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's beautiful i have a really spiritual friend and she's big on energy and um she's always talking about how um She has she's always talking about how like for a long time the world has been operating at a really low frequency and we're getting to that stage where like the frequencies are being raised and like it or it feels like we're all operating on a higher frequency than we were before. And that
0: I wonder if that sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. I wonder if that has something to do with the changing of the age of like going from i don't know like pisces to aquarius
1: oh shit damn i w- probably does to be yeah, honest like
0: i like that's something that i've heard um just the changing of the age like that it could it could be that
1: you're right yeah it could be that <laughs> that's what i love about this universe is like there are so many aspects that you could look at um you know to compare and contrast but regardless of what way you look at it like we're constantly evolving and we're definitely in a different time that we were when we were little kids, you know, and our parents were going through shit. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's beautiful to be a part of the now and have, um, a voice and like, kind of like your own wisdom to whether it's pass along to your parents or your siblings or your friends, your cousins, whoever the fuck it be, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing.
0: And one thing I wanted to ask you is, is about, uh, being an artist and having a kid
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, that's hard that's <laughs> <laughs> um well i mean okay it's hard in the sense of like um if you look at like the the blueprint of being an artist you know mm-hmm. like um like i i feel like we live in an age where there are so many independent artists like they're like now is like <laughs> we, yeah. we are really set up for success yeah. for anyone who's willing to share, you know, whatever you create. Like you are you have so many resources at your disposal for for fucking free, you know, it's crazy. like it's crazy how that part of us is really being nurtured. Um, and so like in that aspect of itself, like I don't think I think being a parent doesn't make a huge difference because those resources, those resources are still available to you. Mm hmm. However, in the aspect of like wanting to fully invest into like my career, you know, um, wanting to lock in those, all those hours at the studio and like, because I don't, like, time produce, management. yeah, that's, yes, yeah, time management. Yeah. That's it. That's a huge part of it. Like, um, right now, my son is four years old and these are like some of the most important years of his life, you know? So, like, I feel like I kind of bounce back in between like, no, but I have to go all in and like I have to give it my all because otherwise, what am I gonna provide for my child when he's older? To like, no, I need to take a step back and just be present for my child, you know. And it's kind of like finding the right balance mm. of like, of like, um, you know, p- putting my energy. It's finding and, the right balance in time and management. plus
0: with work and stuff too. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Know?
1: Yeah, plus with work. Dude, don't even get me started about work. (laughs) Man, I wish I could just like breathe and earn money. (laughs) Oh, for real. Yeah, no, that's definitely one of the things that has been heavy on my mind um, since I started making music. And it's not even just like making music to make money, but just like the mentality of getting to a place in my life where I have multiple streams of income so that I can just enjoy my life. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it be making music, whether it be fucking vlogging, whether it be fucking traveling, like living my home life, whatever the fuck it is, like just yeah.
0: <laughs> that financial freedom mm-hmm. that we all I guess can yes. strive towards.
1: Yes. Yes, 100%. That's definitely I and I you know what? I feel like it's um it's a common uh, it's a common like topic of conversation nowadays. Uh-huh. Where people are starting to see that financial freedom is definitely attainable if you just put your energy into it, you know, Yeah. your energy into securing those right streams of income, whatever works for you in whatever way.
0: And also, I think uh, I think it was the Lyra podcast where we we're talking about how uh, doing what you love to do, you'll you'll uh, meet people that you're supposed to meet. because yes. Yeah. And it's like you'll, it, like you said, everything is in line with what you're doing.
1: Yeah. As long as you're happy, yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. like you could leave even if you're not. Like, I mean, I mean, I work retail, and I feel like my first job ever was in the food industry. And I, I was actually listening to a, a podcast episode where you were talking about how it was your first job, too. Little, Little Caesars. Caesars. Yeah, dude, I fucking hated Little Caesars. Dude. You worked there, too? Oh Yeah, I hated it <laughs> so much. Which one did you work at? I worked at the one in Santa Maria. There was one in Santa Maria on Main Street. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty <Dogs>. sure. <laughs> All my Santa Maria peeps watching this, y'all know which <laughs> one I'm fucking talking about.
0: Yo, that shit was hella fucking stressful, bro. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did not like Little Caesars at all. Yeah. But um in retail, um I I had I got a whole different experience like in the workforce because I like got into retail management cuz I'm a really good like people person. So I feel like it was really easy for me to like excel. Um and I you know, it's such a trip. It's such a trip out because like um I always had the mentality of like, okay, I'm going to go to work cash is like that's all i'm here for but then like when i'm at work i'm still growing in ways i didn't think i would grow because of the constant interactions that i'm having with all these other people you know whether mm. it be a customer someone walking by the store or like you know my coworkers. like there's just so much that you can learn when you apply this like mentality of being a student of the universe versus just experiencing it or like being a victim of it you know you what i mean that's,
0: you said that so well
1: <laughs> i feel like yeah that's yeah it's it's a huge it's like it really makes like a being
0: difference. a being a sponge and just yes. soaking up experiences yes. or uh actively searching for like those yes. experiences yeah yeah
1: Being curious and being being in the moment, too. Yes. Being in the moment. That's a huge one. That's that's really huge because it's like you can be a victim to your circumstances and think to yourself like, fuck, I'm working like I'm working a nine to five and I'm spending all my time here and I fucking hate it. Or you could just be like, well, I'm working towards financial freedom and I'm at the point in my life where I haven't reached it yet. And I understand that I'm working towards it and I'm going to savor every moment leading up to it because i know that every moment is teaching me something regardless yeah you know
0: yeah it's it's the thing where it's like what what you ask for in the future or what you're doing now is what you ask for in the future pretty much it's like teaching it's preparing you for that moment yeah yeah
1: i think that's really important too because i I feel like it took me a long time to realize that like habits are very important you know Um, there are certain things that I'm working on personally right now that I feel like could improve my life drastically if I'm able to just like do it every day. Like, dude, I've been going to the gym. I
0: saw, I I see that.
1: Yeah, dude, I've been going to the gym and I'm, (laughs) I'm starting to feel changes. Like, I feel like I've always consistently, I've always, I've had this weird relationship with like, I, I, I grew up having an eating disorder and so like with body image and, and just like uh, like, the perception of, like, my overall health. It's I've always had, like, a complicated relationship with it. Mm. And I finally got to a point in my life where I'm like, bitch, what's so complicated about <laughs> it? Just fucking work out and eat healthy. <laughs> yeah. And feed your mind, you know? Like, that's, that's how I feel about it now. And so, like, I've been going to the gym consistently for, uh, now, about a month.
0: Let's go. <laughs> now, about a month, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like,
1: I'm starting to see changes in the way, like, my clothes fits. I'm starting to feel changes from, like, The first time I worked out to, like, now when I go and do my workout, like, it just feels like I'm getting stronger and, like, it just, it's, it's really empowering.
0: It really is. It's
1: so fucking empowering.
0: I feel like, um, working out and just taking care of your body and your mind, you have a better, like, you have, um, how would you, how would you put it? It's like, uh. It gives you, like, a sense of control. Control and, uh, uh, fuck, I'm losing my train of thought. Uh sense of control um what's what's the word i'm looking for fuck help me out here
1: <laughs> there's some i literally like sense of control just like kind of um this like inner peace that you're like i, I don't i don't know
0: <laughs> well it's like the 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 more healthier you are the better you can perform with other aspects of your life yes it's like yeah i have more energy to do this yes. I, ha- I have more energy to
1: yes yeah exactly yeah no yeah. That, that's major because um i think one of the things about being a mom that makes me like one of the guilts or one of the things that invokes evokes this like um feeling of guilt as not being able to keep up with my son and because he's dude he's freaking crazy he has lots of energy he's like this little bubble of energy so sometimes he'll be like mom like let's run a- let's run over there and then run back and i'm like you run i'll stay <laughs> back here so i want to get to a place where i'm like fuck it let's go. let's go you know, run with him i'll race you over there yeah. like that's more his dad's that's more his dad like if he has to run Uh, to a certain place and like i'm like okay you go get (laughs) them because i'm I'm staying back here i'll take a video of you guys
0: (laughs) oh the word i was looking for was discipline discipline yo
1: i i definitely am learning that yeah i am teaching myself that because i feel like for a long time that's a major thing that i lacked i feel like it's a constant thing where i would like pick up hobbies or pick up new passions and then just like give up instantly because i didn't excel the way i wanted to Mm. i've always i've never that's never been a strong suit of mine so now that i you know i'm a mom i'm starting to see that like you i can't just be living my life like that you know (laughs) and so it's definitely something that i've been learning the past few years um and i know that it's i'm a work in progress you know oh yeah yeah yeah
0: just getting started too
1: yeah just getting started just getting
0: started yeah and uh well talking about just getting started when did you uh i guess start writing
1: dude it's i feel like i've always been a good writer like um english classes were always my favorite because like whenever it came to writing essays and stuff like i wouldn't say i completely lacked that piece of you know um Of myself that was introspective like I've always been able to if I like honed in on it but I didn't live my life that way like it was just whenever I got the opportunity to be introspective like with essays and like you know stuff like that like even just reading books and being able to relate to them but like
0: oh I see but when
1: I was um when I was around like 18 years old 18 or 19 um like I was kind of like really deep in like I was just going out with my friends getting drunk like doing all kinds of stuff And, um, we just fucking, we just freestyle, (laughs) you know, we just freestyle, drunk freestyle. It was fun. Um, and then I kind of just like, I I didn't really like, um, pay attention to that part of myself that could like flow until I was going through postpartum depression. And that's when I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna just write a song. And I wrote a song. Like I wrote a rap and I was like, oh shit, like I can rap. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so like. Um so I would say like postpartum depression during that time I was like 20 years old.
0: So what year was that? Do you that was like 2017.
1: 2018? Okay. Yeah, 2017 2018 and then 2018 I started collaborating with people. Um like had my first few collaborations and like people just kind of like trying to teach me the way like the industry works. Um and then like 20 19 I started releasing music a little bit here and there um like on SoundCloud and stuff and then 2020 I dropped dale and that was like a major stepping stone for me um and I did my first music video ever and it I was I wanted to ask
0: a, ask you about the the music video and well actually Tale too Yeah um For, like, the music video, did you – I didn't see the credits or anything, but did you direct it? Did you Um, get a – like, how was the process of that?
1: So, basically, um, my first experience with that was uh, I was – Well, because I've always known that if I'm going to be putting out music, I do want visuals. Mm -hmm. You know, I want visual representation for – I just know how important it is. Like, whenever I'm listening to a song, it elevates that experience a lot more to have some visuals Mm to – go along with you know and to like indulge in that like specific um whatever it is you know work of art mm-hmm. um so I've always known that I wanted to do visuals and stuff and so like but just the way that you know I work like I don't, I don't have any sponsors obviously yeah. I like I'm barely like like the money that I am making like I use it to survive and to sustain myself and my family you know so mm-hmm. I never really had extra income to invest into that and so when i wrote the song dale i like was gonna just release it like as a song and i remember like i i fell in love with the song so much i was like i need to have a video to this and i was like dropping um i posted a snippet of the song and captivitas commented on it and he was like yo let's make a video sí. and i was like yo what the fuck <laughs> and i checked out his um i checked out his work you know and i was like damn this guy's impressive like yeah hell yeah Whatever the fuck he's gonna charge me, I'ma pay. Yeah. <laughs> and that was my first time. And like he reached out to me and he was like, "All right, so this is how I like to work." You know, like it was a it was a very like collaborative eff- effort. He like laid out the treatment for me, um, and then um gave me input to whatever I wanted. But it was a, a collaborative effort. Like um, we just like went off of. I told him the main ideas that I wanted. Um, the main themes that I wanted and yeah. And then the day of like, like we planned out the treatment together, but a lot of it was him to be honest. Like I did give him a lot of creative control just yeah. because like, I was so excited to work with him and I I love the aspect of like, um, you know, making it a collaborative effort. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't say I directed it. No, I would say he directed it, but okay. I did give a lot of ideas okay. because you know the foundation of it was mine.
0: Like yeah, the yeah, ideas yeah. were
1: mine, but he definitely directed it. <laughs> and shout out to my stage mom Emilio because like my best friend Emilio, the one I was telling you ah. about, um, he's been in my life hella long, and like he was there for um, both music video. He was actually in Days Go By.
0: That, so that's
1: that's him. That's, that's him? Emilio. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. 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 So um. He was there for Dale and like, he definitely um, like, he was doing my hair, he was doing my makeup, that like him and like my friends were helping me out in so many different ways. Like it, it wasn't just me and it wasn't just Juan that was directing it. Like it was a collaborative effort in every way.
0: And you had the, the two of you like sitting on the couch yeah yeah that was that was that was both you right <laughs> yes it was <laughs> so <fucking> funny,
1: dude. <laughs> wait was that emilio no it wasn't i'm so sorry it was not emilio it was um shout out sol um <laughs> soledad she she's so beautiful she's one of the um video vixens if you will from dale and we put her in a button-up shirt and just got her from behind to make it look like a male figure
0: oh yeah but the concept
1: of that of us sitting on the couch um that came from um from juan because he was like yo i think we should include because you know in the on the song dale where i'm kind of just like that um middle part where i'm talking about how women are constantly judged Mm -hmm. um he was like i feel like because he had the concept of like um a couple sitting on the couch watching the music video and thinking like what is this shit mm-hmm. like you know yeah and so that's where that came from so that part was basically like that couple on the couch being like judgmental like oh what is this like what is she talking about like yeah so we that's used sold for that um, she was one of the girls in there and we had an extra button-up shirt she's like he was like well let's just put it on her <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that, that's that <laughs>
0: hey. And then for um at least for yeah for days go by just the fucking visuals bro like yeah and the shots dude
1: it was uh dude fucking shout out captivitas juan leon you the goat
0: you the goat
1: so um he i sent him the song and instantly he called me and he was like bro like you showed people you can rap now you're showing people you can sing? Like, we have to make visuals to this. <laughs> and so um, it was very romantic. You know, um, Days Go By is a very, uh, like, romantic song. And he just wanted to evoke that feeling, and that's what he saw. Um, and Emilio wasn't supposed to be a part of the video, but... Um, Originally, my baby daddy was going to be in the video, but Mm. it didn't work out that way. And I asked Emilio last minute, like, hey, are you down to be in the video? And he was like, yeah, what the fuck? I'm down. So he came through um, and we drove um, out to the Cariso Plains. And um, wait, is it the Carizo Plains? Damn, I can't remember the name of the location. But um, we drove out there and Juan brought his family like oh, wow. yeah so his son is actually in the video um oh and so that, okay, that's, okay that's juan's son oh uh, okay shout out ollie <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah so it just worked out like beautifully it's that whole experience i love juan and his family his wife was there they had um their infant daughter they brought their infant daughter and ollie it was all four of them and we just spent all day shooting
0: Wow, we're
1: out there in the hot sun. And we you had like uh,
0: like different different outfits. See how you brought? Yeah. yeah,
1: We brought like a few different outfits with us. It was a lot of fun, and I'm definitely looking forward to working with him again. Yeah.
0: And um, I guess for for Miggy, mm. how like how did you guys end up connecting?
1: Yo, that's fam, Miggy. That's Shout my brother. Shout out, Miggy. Um. So, um, so I was kind of like, I mean, up until now, you know, basically what I do is I just find YouTube beats. I write, book some studio time, release it. That's my process. Yeah. But, um, Mickey was my first real like collaboration with a local producer. He reached out to me on Instagram and he was like, yo, I made this beat. I, I, you know, I could hear you on it. You want to use it? Use it. If not, then fuck it. I was like, okay. That sounds
0: like Biggie. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's literally <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, and I just wrote to it, and that's how 23 came to be. And just like any, and then I asked him, I had um, Here We Are and Biosla that I wanted to drop as part of it, too. And I was like, yo, do you mind if I, um, it's funny because, like, when he sent me the beat, the file was called 23, and I was 23 years old at the time. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So when I wrote it, I was like, "Fuck it, I'ma call it 23" because that's what that's what he named the file. Yeah, yeah. So that's how that was titled. And um, I asked him, I was like, "Do you mind if I put this, uh, you know, this project or this song on as part of an EP and drop it?" And he's like, "Fuck no, do what you want with that song. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, do it." And so yeah, I dropped it. And then like any opportunity I got to perform and shout him out, like I, it was just like, "Yo, the real Miggy, the real Miggy." And I mm-hmm. wanted to keep working with him. And, um, but just like time, my time, my man- time management wouldn't allow me to like come down here and visit mm-hmm. and like work with him. And yeah, it's just kind of evolved over the past year. Um, and like every now and then, like, I think one of the first sessions I ever like collab or like came through to like kick it with him and stuff was when we came here.
0: Oh, shit, really? Yeah, that was
1: one of the first sessions ever wow. that, like, I came through, and it was, like, the first time I met you, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and um, that was, like, our first time, like, actually linking and, like, kicking it and stuff, and then, because, um, like, he had gone to a few of my performances, because um, uh-huh. at that time was when I first started experimenting selling merch, Oh. Okay. and I would, like, make all that myself, and I, like, I remember he bought, like, he bought my merch as soon as I would sell it. I shipped him um, a bucket hat when I first dropped him. That was, like, my first merch drop ever, and, he, of course, he copped one. Yeah. The Diosa bucket hat. <laughs> um, And so, like, I just knew that he was, you know, like, he just felt like good people. I just know I wanted to collaborate with him, not just because he was a producer and, like, I'm a rapper or an artist that needs <laughs> producing, but, like, because i trusted his energy and i fucked connection. with him yeah there was that connection
0: yeah
1: and i feel like ever since i've met him he's just been real fucking genuine like he's just he, he hella like pushes me hard too like i remember he did a like I i i don't remember oh he did a um an interview for um is it no no cover magazine yeah yeah he yeah. did an interview for them and then there was a snippet at the end where he was they were like oh is there anything you want to tell you know anything you want to promote, and he goes fuck me, dude. I'm trying to promote my homegirl, and he pulls out my like he you know he was wearing my crew neck. He's like, yo, shout out Spencey, <laughs> and I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like at that time, we, I wouldn't even consider us being that close, but like he was he just always like hella like supported, uh-huh. and then like it, it hasn't been until recently um, that things have been like I guess evolving into like a like a more salt like I consider him fam. You know, oh, yeah. like I'm saying like that's he's a fucking homie um him and his fiance have been very supportive and they've gone out to performances even like back like even during like the central coast beat socials like he would come through and like it's it's just i I love it out (laughs) here dude i i love i love living this because it's really interesting when i first started making music um i didn't have that sense of collaboration at all like Mm. i kind of just like my music out there and whoever fucked with it fucked with it and whoever didn't didn't you know mm-hmm. like i wasn't really um involved in the local scene and then it wasn't until the central coast beat Socials started inviting me out where, where i started co- connecting with other creatives and then shortly after that I, made, I met miggy so miggy was definitely a big part of like that that chapter where I things see. where the creative process for me changed
0: and uh what uh, we talked about this with Lyra too how there's just been ex- an explosion of of mm. artists of just musicians, and yeah. especially, like, in the 805, for for, for an example.
1: Yeah. Dude, and, um, I'm definitely feeling it.
0: And there's there just so many people to work with, to create with. And, um, it, yeah, it's just an amazing time. It is. <laughs>
1: I fucking love the 805, dude. Anytime yeah. I have any performances, I'm just over the fucking moon. Because, like, I just am so proud to be a part of this area. <laughs> and just, like be able to connect with people in this area doing the same thing like it's a whole culture you know
0: it is yeah and um oh and you talked about uh performing too when you're performing it's something about like that like like you talk about energy and stuff and and yeah. i can really feel it
1: yeah it's palpable it
0: is palpable you can like
1: yeah and it's and crazy. just like the way
0: the crowd like reacts to and stuff it's it's super amazing
1: I think it's because, you know, my lyrics are very like my creative process is very vulnerable, I'm very transparent. Like whenever I'm writing songs like I am a meticulous writer, like I can knock out a verse if you need me to in an hour, you know, like, OK, you need this done in an hour. Yeah, I could I could spit something dope, but like I'm so meticulous in the sense of like. If I don't like the way it sounds, if it's not conveying the message that I want it to convey, I will search for the right word until it does, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if, uh, well, I know for a fact, that's probably something that has to do with the fact that like people feel the energy that I am putting into it, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I'm like in the, when I'm like on that stage and people are in the crowd, like connecting to me, I know it's not just because they like the way it sounds. It's because they're hearing what I'm putting into it and like it's just a vulnerable experience it's a great way to connect with other people and that's the most satisfying aspect of this whole process of creating is being able to genuinely connect with other humans
0: you know what blows my mind is that when you're making music music is like frequencies and the way like your voice your vocal tone Like, all of that is being put on a track, and it's, like, essentially just frequencies and energy that, like, you're putting onto a track. Yeah. (laughs) It just blows my mind. Yeah,
1: it blows my fucking mind, too. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like I'm grateful as fuck to be able to have the resources that I have to even just put my music out there, you know? The fact that we live in a day and age where if I want to drop a song, um... I could upload it to SoundCloud tomorrow. Today if I wanted to, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I'm definitely grateful to be alive in this time.
0: And now now uh since you're coming here more often, I think right after this you're going to you have a session, right?
1: Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited we're working on an album. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're Hey, shout out to the fucking Los Vigilantes. Hey,
1: hell yeah, shout, shout out, out to, to everyone. Los Vigilantes. That's fam. Um shout out to Connor, shout out to real Miggy, shout out to
0: Lyra heck adaptive Yeah, Lyra
1: heck adapt- adaptive
0: adaptive
1: it's funny because uh <laughs> last time um uh, heck came through to a beat social was for the mike bless thing um in lompoc and there was like i went out to my car to go get some fucking papers for heck to roll and there was a white car <laughs> with the license plate that said Hexy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yo, that has to be Hex car. I took a video of it. And I went back and I was like, yo, what kind of car you got? He was like, oh, like, I don't even remember what he said. I was like, oh, so this ain't your car then? And I showed him the video and we and T-Funk was with him. We just started cracking up because I was like, yo, that should be his license plate. It just said Hexy." <laughs> I was like, yo, that has to be Hex car. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's definitely yo. That shout sounds out to like Central a Coast that Coast sounds like a high moment. You guys, yeah, we definitely. Uh, I was already stoned <laughs> for sure. A couple dabs in.
0: Shit. <laughs> yeah, Central Coast Beats too.
1: Yes, yeah, Central Coast Beat Socials, dude. They were my first real experience um, with performing in general because, like, like I said, I would post my verses on Instagram and share my music. This was like what twenty nineteen. Um, and that's kind of how people would find me. And that's how I built a following, um, by just posting verses. and. On
0: Insta? Or? Yeah, on yeah, Instagram.
1: Insta. Yeah. And, um, uh, one time I was at work. I used to work in Pismo. Um, and that's like, you know, that's up north. Um, and I remember they were having a Central Coast Beat Social. And at that time, I think they called it like Beats and Pizza or something like that and um i remember starting to see videos of it and i was like yo what is this a cipher like they're doing a cipher like in person like what is that and so what they would do is um a week in advance they would post a beat and they would invite people to these gatherings and be like whoever wants to write to this beat just show up and perform it and so like i started seeing them do that and i was like whoa they followed me and i followed them back i was like "Fuck it," you know and um Then one time I posted a verse, I was at work and I posted a verse that I had come up with like that morning and um, Jesse DM'd me, excuse me, Jesse DM'd me and he was like, yo, like he commented on my, on my verse and then he DM'd me, he's like, yo, come through. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. He's like, yo, come through to the Central Coast Beat Social. And I was like, damn, dude, I'm at work and I work in Pismo. I was like, that's like a 30 minute drive and it had already started. And I was like, "I, I don't think I'll be able to make it. They're like, okay, for sure, come to the next one. And um, I think it was like, I can't remember when it was, but I was scheduled to work that day, too. And I was like, fuck, can't go to that one either. But they posted the beat. um, Shout out Bobby No Style. (laughs) He produced this beat um, called Rich Man. And they posted it, like, for the cypher for the following week. I wrote to it for whatever reason. Oh, because of work, I couldn't make it to that. Uh, social but I saw everyone's performances like online and I was like damn like so I DM'd uh, Bobby Nosa and I was like yo do you mind if I because I wrote something to it I was like do you mind if I drop it on my SoundCloud since I couldn't make it to the social oh. and he was like fuck yeah dude so I dropped it and that one's called Rich Man it's on SoundCloud I still perform it sometimes Um and that so like the following week I was finally able to make it to one and it was my first one ever and um They were like, Yo, you down to perform it? And I was like, Wait, what? Like, (laughs) you know, I thought that was last week. Like, you know, I thought we were on to a different beat this (laughs) year. And they're like, Nah, you could perform it. And I was like, But I don't know, I don't know the bars. I don't have a memory. It's like, Is that okay? And they're like, Yeah, dude, take your phone up there. Like, who cares? And I was like, okay. And so, like, they got footage. Like, they have that footage. Like, it's on their page and everything. And that was my first time ever on a wow. mic.
0: Wow. How did that feel? Like, in front
1: of people. It it was amazing. Like, I, it was definitely nerve-wracking. Um, Especially because, like, I was reading off my phone. And I couldn't really, like, look at the crowd to see their reaction. You know, whether they fucking liked my shit or not. Um, But after I performed, like everyone was showing so much love and like people were just being so supportive and like after that I was hooked I came to every single beat social after that like it just I started to um, understand that it wasn't a gathering for people to go and show off their skills it was more a gathering to like go and connect with other humans mm. who do the same thing that's what it started to feel like it's definitely like a their their family there's they, they've cultivated such a beautiful space for creatives to just share their art forms and connect with other people who are doing the same thing.
0: And that supportive, that supportive, yes, group.
1: It's very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of my biggest fears about performing was always like, what if I mess up my lyrics? You know, what if I mess up? And like, my first few experiences performing were in front of that crowd, and um, when you mess up, it would be a type of thing where they'd be like, okay. Yeah, go on. Mm-hmm. You know, like you messed up, pick it back up. Like, yeah. like it's it was just so supportive. Like I can't imagine. Like I think back to fucking, um, <laughs> I think back to um, Eight Mile.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where fucking yeah.
1: Eminem is like literally, you know, like.
0: In the restroom yeah
1: yeah and like i just think back to that time and then how he messed up in front of everyone and he got booed off that stage like that's what i always pictured my first experience to be like <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what i always picture i'm like if i'm gonna go out um like on if i'm gonna go up in front of a mic in front of a crowd i better fucking kill that sure i'm gonna get booed off stage yeah but nah the central coast beat social definitely changed that for me and like it was such a nurturing experience that i don't think i would be here without that experience like I really don't. I feel like they played such a vital um they were a vital key to like my development as uh my discovery as an artist, as a creative.
0: And with uh with drama, I'm sure that helped out a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: most definitely. Yeah. Drama definitely um definitely nurtured that aspect too. Like I like I said, I've always been like a people person. I grew up being like this like really obnoxious little girl, like I was just, I was so loud all the time, like, I, I, I just have always had, like, um, like, that, I've always felt that need to, like, make my presence known, I feel, because, like, my home life was so belittling, that it just, like, I just, that's just how I carried myself, and it's, like, now that, you know, I'm older, like, I, I used to hate that part of myself, I used to feel like I was, like, I used to I used to feel so obnoxious, like it, I just didn't like myself because of it. But now I'm like, I just had a lot to express, and I still do, <laughs> and that's why I put these tracks out.
0: <laughs> it's just uh, going about it uh, a healthy way.
1: Mhm. Mhm. A healthy way.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's shit. major. Um. So yeah, you're working on this album. I think we're going for an hour and fifteen minutes. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So. You're working on this album.
1: Yeah. I'm working on this album. Fuck! I'm so excited, you guys. I'm sorry. It's just... I've Okay. So, I approached... Um, I I can't... Okay. So, like, when I first started connecting with Miggy, he'd be like, yo, like... Like, he definitely encouraged me to try to get more music. Um, and, like, you know, he set up that session with you here. Mm-hmm. We got energy out. We made Bring in the Hearses. Yeah. Like, I was really excited about those. Um, and then uh, he tried to get me on the fucking Los Vigilantes project, like really, like, cause he had, um, he had been talking about the Los Vigilantes project for, like, a little bit. He had like planted that, you know, that seed. He had been talking about it, like, throughout those sessions I would have with him, like, out over here. I'm talking about it and stuff, and like, um, it wasn't until it was solidified, and I had, I had a session, um, where i met up with him it was that time where you were supposed to be here and you ended up buying a truck right yeah yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) my apologies
1: (laughs) (laughs) no dude dude thanks for letting us use your space always like yeah yeah. that's so fucking dope i was glad to be here regardless and um right after we went to miggy's spot and Lyra came through oh
0: yeah that same day it
1: was that same day Lyra came through and um we kind of, like, I just, con- you know, I connected. It was my first time meeting Lyra, and I was really excited because I, at that point I had already heard, um, what is it, The Greatest?
0: Um, the yeah, greatest I think, right? yeah, yeah, I think the so. Track? Yeah. yeah,
1: The Greatest. I had heard it, and I was like, yo, who the fuck is this? Like, this guy's dope. And so I got to meet him. And um, I don't know if at that time yet Los Vigilantes was a thing, but like the fact I already knew everyone, you know, I, I I hadn't met really met Connor, but I knew of him because like Miggy would talk mm-hmm. about him. And I knew that he was at the Central Coast Beat Social in Slow, and, but I didn't get to meet him because I got there a little bit late. Oh, OK. And um, like shortly after um my son and i went to eat lunch with miggy and his fiance and like he was just kind of telling me about connor he was like yo there's this guy who came from fucking oxnard and i was like oh "Oh, shit for real and he was just telling me about that he's like i'm gonna connect with him and i was like hell yeah and so then like you know los vigilantes just came into fruition and like before they submitted the album he was like yo i really want you to be on this album like is there any way you can get something to me and i was like for for sure and he sent me the thing. And then I was like, you know what? I'm so sorry. I just I couldn't make it work like a week later. I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to get it to you in time. And he was all, well, do you mind if I sample you? And I was <laughs> like, fuck no, go ahead. <laughs> and he fucking made sure to include me on there. And yeah. I was just like, and it's funny because like, he'd be giving me all these credits in the post on Los Vigilantes and stuff. And I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, <laughs> what did I contribute? I'm so nervous. And then last time I came, um, for a session, they showed me and I was like blown away. I was like, no fucking way, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited for you guys to hear the project, bro. Fuck it's going to yeah. be so good.
0: I may or may have not listened to it. <laughs> 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 it's fucking wild. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. So, um,
1: but anyway, I, on the album, um, I decided like, fuck, y- I've been wanting to work with Connor. That same session that I'm talking about where I first met Lyra. Mm-hmm. We literally, we smoked, like, five blunts, bro. Like, I was so stoned. I was falling asleep while Leroy was recording his first for think, a different uh, project.
0: I think Blue had smoked, too. And the, he, oh, yeah, my yeah,
1: God, yeah, yeah. Blue! <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that shit. Okay, Blue, shut up, Blue. I love you. <laughs> that shit was so funny. But it was really dope because, like, we smoked and we came back in here. And we're like, let's make a beat. And he fucking flipped a Street Fighter yeah. sample, and I was so impressed. And then out of nowhere, he goes, I got to go.
0: <laughs> you, we we're
1: like, oh, for real? He goes, yeah, I got to go. I got to go zooted. home and take a nap. did. <laughs> and we were like, oh, for real? Like, we were all in the, like, we were ready to Just work. so you guys were yeah, vibing, huh? Yeah, and he was like, I got to go take a nap. <laughs> we were like, Okay. <laughs> and then and then we were leaving and I I I kind of was like laughing about it. I was like, "Yo, like blue was stoned, huh?" <laughs> and Heck was like, "Yo, he doesn't really smoke like that." And I was like, "Oh shit." Yeah. I was like, "We smoked hella." <laughs> fuck yeah but by that i i can imagine because like i mean i'm a heavy smoker and by the end of that night i was like fuck i was i'm telling you i was falling asleep while lyra was recording a verse oh
0: fuck yeah
1: i was literally (laughs) asleep actually we had pizza i was stuffed i was high and then we were supposed to meet connor later that night and it was gonna be my first time like actually like you know shaking his hand and um I was like, I remember him having a phone call with Miggy and being like, oh, yeah, we can meet up like at 11. And it was like 10 or something like that or like maybe like midnight. It was like a, it's supposed to be a late night sesh. I was like, yeah, I'm down. But then like I was falling asleep and I was like, Miggy, I'm so sorry. I'm going to go home. Yeah. <laughs> like I got a long way home. I got a I have a two hour drive. Mm-hmm. I like I I know if I stay any longer, I'm going to have to spend the night. And yeah. at that time, I wasn't planning on spending the night. So yeah. so yeah, I had to leave and I didn't get to meet Connor and so um just recently i was like you know what i want to work with connor and mickey like i just want to do it so i presented this idea to connor and we got on a phone call and he was like hell yeah let's do it and so this album is the first time that i get to collaborate um with the producers and be a part of the of that process and like i'm coming out here once a week this is like my third week coming out here yeah um and we're just we're gonna make it happen we're gonna drop this album and i'm so excited to share it with everyone because i'm definitely putting a lot of um myself into it excuse me (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so it's it's been a fun experience um being able to just be a part of the process um, as opposed to just like writing to a beat and then putting it out in the world you know Mm. like it's um, it's beautiful to be a part of it, and then, um, a, you know, Heck, he's not a part of the project per se, but he's definitely a part of the project in the sense of like he's always there for those sessions. Yeah, and he's he's a close friend of mine, so I definitely I love having him there. I love his energy. it's very uplifting, supportive. That's how I feel about everyone out here, to be honest. Everyone I've connected with and like linked with, um, it's definitely been a nurturing experience.
0: Hmm, and uh, for uh, for the. <clears throat> beat making process or the production side of it do you have like an idea like hey i I want to make i want this sort of sound and you'll be like yo here it is
1: so i kind of i had all these beats that i was writing to um that had like the basic essence of what i wanted to portray
0: Uh uh-huh
1: um and i kind of just presented those to both connor and miggy and we're kind of just like remaking beats and adding our own you know our own flair to them yeah our own sauce (laughs) sauce um but i would say the first two sessions i've had with them um was very like like the first one was it felt really organic it felt really like wow like we got a lot done and i i just like i was really proud of the work that we got done and then the second one like in the middle of the session i didn't feel prepared i didn't feel like i just felt like i wasn't really in it like fully like with my energy Mm. because i was having trouble conveying what i wanted to like because i have no knowledge of music theory i have no knowledge of how like even with singing i i need help like i i have um what i think would really help me is like learning how chords work and like i think that would really elevate um my creative process because as of right now it's kind of just vibes bro (laughs) 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 whatever i think sounds good
0: well dude fucking hearing day uh days go as days go by yeah
1: days go by the
0: fucking ending
1: oh that's Melly. that's Melly. yeah a lot of people think i thought it was you no i was like yo i cannot sing like that i was like yo no i cannot sing like that that's why i don't know i think you were there for that performance at um at the
0: uh, the, um, the 805 Live. Yeah, 805 Live.
1: The Ventura Beach. Be-
0: Ventura Beach House, I think that is. Is
1: that, is that what it is? Yeah. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, the Ventura Beach House. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but yeah, I didn't I didn't perform that last part because that, that last part is not me. Mm. It's my homegirl, Melly. Shout out Melly for Shout out Melly. Yo, she's out in Chico right now. I love her to death. She's actually going to be on the project. I don't want to give too much away, <laughs> but she's going to be on the project. Let's
0: fucking go, yeah. Mites.
1: Yes let's go let's go
0: all right well i think uh
1: yeah dude i'm sorry i hella talked
0: <laughs> no dude
1: that's what we're here for that's though.
0: what we're here for for the for the people to get to know you
1: thank you dude i really <laughs> appreciate you having me and like i just i love what you're doing here I, I dude lo- your
0: comments like on youtube that that really means a lot to me dude it of really course does. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: i love being able i think it's really cool that you're out here doing your own thing you know like making shit happen but i think it's even cooler that you're using your platform to elevate our area because like you know you're having conversations with real people you know that are part of this community and yeah. i think that's really dope giving, a giving little, people like, a voice and yes, stuff yes yes definitely like it definitely you have you have a lot of content like i yeah. literally on the way here i was listening to I, I was I listened to um, OG David James episode and oh, Connor's shit. episode on the way here. Oh
0: shit! I was listening to your music today in the morning. <laughs> I was like working out. I was like, "Yo, <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, thank you. I appreciate the support." Uh huh. But yeah, it's it's really cool because it's one of those things where I like if I just want to indulge in some energy, I could just pull up your podcast, click on a random episode.
0: Whoa! That fuck. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And um, yeah, where where can people like find your Etsy shop? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, y'all can find my Etsy shop, Esperancita Creates. You can search that up on Etsy, or you can follow me on Instagram at Esperancita Creates. Um, in my link tree, it'll link you to my website where I sell merch, and it'll link you to my Etsy shop where I sell stickers. Um, yeah.
0: Oh, one thing, one last thing about the merch.
1: Yeah.
0: How. Like the style and the the lettering and stuff, what inspires that?
1: Um, like for the well, I mean, yeah, I, I just come up with the ideas like on the spot. I, I look at reference pictures. Um, but it's all kind of just been like it's just been on brand with like my interests. And like right now my f- my favorite color is purple. So I feel like I incorporate that color into my merch a lot um to all the stickers, the old English font. I got Diosa tatted on me oh
0: shit
1: Diosa in old English font because like that's one of the tracks that uh, f- uh, that's a part of Raices and Raices means roots so it was just kind of like one of those projects that's like laying down the roots of what I can do and those are all just songs that I wrote like by writing fucking verses to beats that I found of course excluding um 23 with Miggy because he approached me with that but it was the same process you know i just wrote to an already made beat and so that's yeah i don't know just like everything is just like the foundation the roots it's it's just the aesthetic i'm feeling right now i guess it might evolve into a different font different colors different you know yeah. style but as of right now that's just where i'm at
0: Show. Sure. i'm yeah. excited to see what where it goes and what you're doing so <laughs> thank you appreciate it guys and everyone and you as well dude appreciate thank you. you so
1: much <laughs> shout out to you guys for listening to this whole thing peace peace (laughs) (laughs) deuces